Hello everyone and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I'm so glad that you're able to join us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemmy.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Rick. our Lord came at such a cost and during this Thanksgiving season we have so much to be thankful for amen because he gave it all for us in fact today we're gonna be kicking off a series just a two-part series from the book of Revelation that we're calling treasures of God in jars of clay and I'm excited about this little two-part series because we're going we're gonna to do this series and then we're going to kind of hit the pause button on the book of Revelation and we're going to move that aside for a season and move into our Christmas season, some other things that will be coming up next year and we'll come back to the book of Revelation at some point in the future. But I think these are two, two messages that will give us a sense of gratitude for all that God has done for us. So I'm going to ask you to remain standing at all of our campuses, and I want to read two passages of uh, uh, scriptures from one from the book of Revelation and then the other that we're going to segue together from the book of 2 Corinthians. So let me read beginning at verse 9. You follow with your eyes as I read it. This is a, this is a verse I've been on for a while, and it's just because I just see so much treasure sometimes in the Word of God. And Rhonda will say to me, move on, move on. You're... But there's just so much here. So uh, let me read it one more time. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the Word of God and the testimony that they had maintained, that they had held. Now with that in mind, listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The Bible says, but we have this, what? Yeah, this treasure in jars of, what? Yeah, in jars of clay. Well, would you grab a seat at all of our campuses? And I want to set this up by asking you this. How many of you know what a bucket list is all about? Let me see your hands. Yeah, a bucket list is a list of activities that you want to experience before you kick the, yeah, before you kick the bucket, before you, before you die. Now, folks, I mention all of that because one of my bucket list items was realized several years back when I made a trip to the Holy Land because I saw things and I experienced sights that I had longed and longed to see. They were actually on my bucket list, if you will. I had longed to see the places where Jesus walked, and I saw them. I had longed to see that place where Christ died, and I saw that place. I had longed to visit the towns and the places where Moses and where Joshua and where Esther and where Ruth had lived out their stories for God. And I saw all of those places, and I was so, so amazed by it all and loved it. But listen, listen, no sight that we saw when I was in the Holy Land fascinated me personally any more than the Dead Sea Scrolls. Folks, the Dead Sea Scrolls are, are displayed in this magnificent edifice in the nation of Israel because the Dead Sea Scrolls are a treasure 
to the people of Israel. And listen, listen, the Dead Sea Scrolls are a treasure to all of us who are God's people. And here's why. The Dead Sea Scrolls, and I had studied these years before in, in my doctoral studies, but the Dead Sea Scrolls are actually manuscripts of the very word of God that date back, check this out, that date back to 150 years before, before the birth of Christ. Jesus himself may have actually have handled these scrolls. By the way, they're called the Dead Sea Scrolls because they were discovered and recovered from an area known as the Qumran, which is right there around the Dead Sea. At any rate, the Dead Sea Scrolls are just magnificent, not just because of how old they are, but folks, when, when archaeologists and when biblical scholars studied these Hebrew manuscripts, when they examined these Hebrew manuscripts, and when they placed these Hebrew manuscripts alongside the manuscripts from which your Bible is translated, from which your Bible is derived, my Bible is derived, listen, they are exactly the same. They're exactly the same. You say, meaning what? Meaning God has preserved his word. God said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will never pass away. Jesus said, not even a jot or a tittle would pass away from his word. A, a jot and a tittle are the little faint accent marks in hero, Hebrew that give meaning and significance to word. Jesus said not even one of those dashes would be lost. And when we examine the Hebrew scrolls of the Dead Sea Scrolls, we find out that's exactly the case. God has been true to his word. And so as I stood there looking at these scrolls, I was absolutely amazed. But I'm sure to stay in the scene because, because as I continue to look at these scrolls, I saw something that to me looked out of place. And by that, I mean in the same display cases where this treasure of God's word was, were these jars made out of clay. These jars were ordinary. They're plain. They're pretty much undesirable. And yet, for some reason, for some reason, these jars of clay were right there alongside of this treasure of God's word. You kind of wanted to say, hey, shoo, who do you think you are? You're not, as if, they, as if the, the, these jars of clay were some kind of treasure themselves. You sort of wanted to say to the jars, how dare you? But here's what I knew. They are a treasure. They are a treasure. Now, they're not valuable in and of themselves. They have zero gold in them, no silver. No jewels are studied in, studied in, in them. To the contrary, they're, they're made out of clay. They're just jars of clay. But folks, they are very valuable. And here's why. When the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, this treasure of God... They were found inside these jars that were made out of clay. 
In other words, the treasure of God's holy word was not found in coffers of gold and silver like you might see with the Egyptians, but rather they were found in plain, ordinary clay pots. See, historians tell us that these scrolls were likely stuffed into these pots and then they were stashed away in these caves and all of that was done in haste. Likely as Israel was being invaded by her enemies, maybe Antiochus Epiphanes IV, maybe the Romans, both of whom, both of which hated God and all things God, they would have destroyed these scrolls had they gotten their hands on them. And so the Jewish people, in haste, stuffed them into these ordinary clay jars and then, and then hid them away up in these caves. We actually saw those caves in the Qumran. And check this out. For 2,000 years, 2,000 years, They remained in those caves, untouched, unknown, and undiscovered. Till one day, a shepherd boy, of all things, not a biblical archaeologist, not a scholar, but a common shepherd boy discovered them. And of all things, when he discovered them, he found them in clay pots, (laughs) Think about it, folks. Before the scrolls came to them, they were just ordinary pots. They had no value. They were worthless. (laughs) But once the treasure of God's word was placed inside of them, the jars of clay became a treasure themselves. They became valuable, and they became valued by people in very, very high places. Now let me turn a corner and bring that all over to our study in the book of Revelation. Because what an image of human beings. And by that I mean there is something maybe in every human being that desires to be valuable that desires to be valued by others. And for many people, we go through our lives struggling and scrambling, trying to impress people with ourselves and and trying to to be recognized and to, to get somebody to ascribe value to us, to say that we mattered, that we had a reason, that we made a difference in our lives. And for some people, that never happens. But here's my proposition. Much like the Dead Sea Scroll jars became valuable, became valuable when something of value was placed in them. Folks, just like that, listen, there is something in every child of God. There's something in us that makes us valuable and that makes us valued by the highest power in the entire universe. You might be saying, well, Rick, what is it that is in me that is so valuable? What is it that is in me that, that makes me valued by the highest power in the universe? What is it? Who is the highest power that values me? 
We're going to find out as we go back to the book of Revelation again. I want to give you two big thoughts today. By the way, if you hold up your, your uh, listening guide, if you look on the back side, you can see where we have been thus far in the book of Revelation. Quite a journey, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And again, we're going to wrap this up in a couple of weeks in chapter 6. We'll come back to it at a later date. But I want to give you two thoughts today from this text. Number one, if you're filling in the blanks, humans are made of clay. Human beings are made of clay. Now, with that in mind, let me go take us over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Listen to what the Bible says before we dive into the book of Revelation. The Bible says, but we have this treasure. We have this treasure in what? Jars of clay. Let's stop right there. Because God is about to teach all of us this amazing, amazing truth. And he's going to do it by giving us a visual. Kind of like I do sometimes. I've always tried to give you a visual to help you remember it, to help you get into it, to grasp it. And that's what God does in, in this passage. And he gives us a visual contrast between something that he calls a treasure and then something that he calls jars of clay. And the idea is that the treasure has great worth. The jars of clay are basically worthless. Worthless. So let's begin by, by thinking about these jars of clay that God would have been talking about. To begin with, jars of clay, clay pots, whatever you want to call them, were very common in biblical days. They were, they were so common that they were used to contain everything, water, waste, trash. And they were common for two reasons. Number one, they were, they were easy to make. And number two, they were cheap to make. In other words, the value of the pot was basically about the value of whatever clay is worth, whatever dirt is worth. Now, with that in mind, here's kind of the bad news. God doesn't compare us human beings to the treasure. <laughs> to the contrary, he compares you and me to the clay pots. Now, you might be saying, why would God compare us to clay pots? Why would he do that? Well, for starters, for one thing, we're made out of what? Yeah, we're made out of clay, just like a clay pot. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, when God made more man, he formed us out of the dust of the earth. In fact, the first man that God created out of the dust of the earth, God named him what? Adam, Adam. Adam is a Hebrew word that means, literally means dirt man. That's what we are. I'm a dirt man. You're a dirt man. You're a dirt woman. <laughs> Why? Because we're made out of dirt. We're made out of clay. <laughs> and so it's not a stretch for God to say, yeah, you're like, I'm going to do a contrast, and you people, you're like clay pots, because that's exactly what you're made of. And so whatever we're worth, just like the clay pot, we're worth whatever the dirt is we're made of. In fact, I tried to figure out this week, I did a little research, digging around. As best I can figure it out, the minerals and 
the chemicals that we're made out of, the elements, we're worth about a buck fifty is about the best I can find. And I know what some of you are thinking, wow, Rick, thanks for calling me out today. I feel so much better about myself. But that's what God is saying. In terms of your intrinsic value, you're like a clay pot. You're just dirt. You really don't have value in and of yourselves. But my, oh, my, write this down as A, do we ever long to be valued? Don't we? We yearn for people to rise up and say, you're a valuable pot. You're a magnificent pot. (laughs) You're an incredible jar of clay. And so what do we do to prove our value to people? To try to impress people with our pot? We go to work on the outside of the pot. Because we think if we can impress people with the outside of our pot, it'll make us feel better on the inside of the pot. That we'll feel more valued on the inside about ourselves. Tell you what, hold that thought. Because this week, when I was in here setting all of this up, all of these pots up, this pot right here started talking to me. Really, this pot said to me, he said, Rick, I want to feel more valuable. He said, look at me. I'm standing here. He goes, look at me. I'm so plain. I'm so common. You paid a buck 50 for me at the Home Depot. I need some, I need some value. Help me. And so, folks, I, I said, you know what? I'm going to help, help you out. So I said, what this pot needs is some class. So I put a Mercedes-Benz sticker on it to give him some class. And then I said, you know what this pot needs is some, some status. If it was a girl, I would have hooked her up with a Louis Vuitton. If it's a guy, I hook him up with a gold chain. I thought, you know, this, this, will, this will give him some status. And then I looked at him and I thought, and he was very excited. He was loving this. But I thought, you know, what, what, what this pot actually needs also is some significance. He needs, he needs something to give him a, a reason to jump out of the bed every day or whatever pots jump out of when they wake up in the morning. And so I gave him a reason to live. I put on him a Save the Whales bumper sticker. And he loved it. It gave him a reason to live. And then I thought, you know, he, he looks kind of plain. And so I put him, gave him a cool hat to make him cool. To make all the other pots think that he was cool on the outside. And then I thought, you know, he, he also needs a little prosper, or popularity. He looks unpopular. So I hooked him up with a really hot chick. <laughs> and then, and then, once I got him set up on the outside, I invited all of his friends over for a party to show him off. But you know what? All the other pots weren't impressed. Because he was still just a... $1.50 pot from the Home Depot. They weren't impressed at all. They didn't rise up and say, you're an amazing, cool, slick pot. <laughs> now, if it makes you feel better, I didn't really do that. <laughs> but you get the point, don't you? Because what an image of us. 
What an image of what we try to do. We get it in our minds that if we could just impress other people with the outside of the pot, we would feel better on the inside about ourselves. And so what do we do? We think to ourselves, if I could just, if I could just make my pot slimmer, if I could just make the pot cuter, if I could just make my pot cooler, if I, could just, if I could just make more money for the pot, if I could just get that position on the job for the pot, if I just had the right accessories around me, people would be impressed with my, my pot. They would brag on my pot. And consequently, I would feel better about myself on the inside. But there's a problem with that strategy, folks. And the problem is this, it's kind of self-evident. You know what the problem is, but write this down as B. Internal confidence or value cannot be sustained by the approval of others. I'll give you at least two reasons why that's true. We've all experienced this. No matter how hard we try to impress other people with how cool our pot is, how important our pot is, they're trying to do the same thing themselves. They're busy trying to impress everybody with their pot. They want everybody to say, wow, your pot is so cool. Your pot is so sexy. Your pot is so slim. Your pot is so handsome. They're too busy trying to prop up their own ego to, to try to pop, prop up your ego. And so what happens if we're looking for feedback from other people to give us value sometimes, if not most of the time, they're not going to give it to you. So that's one reason. The second reason is no matter what you do to your pot, you're still about a dollar fifty cent pot. Amen? And not only that, your pot is dying. Your pot, unlike that pot, is fading fast. You don't even make a hundred years because of the laws of entropy. The laws of physics are at work against our pot. And so everything is working against us to have that internal value and that internal confidence. And so here's what I want you to get. If you want to have real value on the inside, value that is sustainable, then you have to change the inside of the pot, not so much the outside of the pot. Does that make sense? Yes. And folks, that's exactly where this passage leads us to. Because child of God, write this down to see, our value is sustained by what is in us, not what is outside of us. Your value comes by what is in you. In fact, write this down as big number two, a priceless treasure is in all Christians. It's in every one of us. You don't have to struggle to be important and valued. You are because of a treasure that's in you. Listen to 2 Corinthians again. But we have this treasure. Where is it? In us. What are we? <laughs> Jars of clay to show this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. 
I love that. You know what that means? Write this down as A and B. Christians are not empty on the inside. Christians are not empty on the inside. To the contrary, write this down as B. Christians are filled on the inside. Now, I want you to put your thinking caps on you. on Because the population around us, for the best part, is empty on the inside. They're, they're, all, they're all like empty pots. And they're empty at the level of their soul. They're empty at the level of their heart. They're empty at the level of their spirit. That place on the inside, the heart, the soul, the spirit that is designed to be filled by God Almighty himself in order, in, in order to satisfy us with life, that place is absolutely devoid of anything. There's nobody home. It's empty. It's vacant. And so consequently, the population around us goes through their life, listen, pervasively dissatisfied with their lives. Because the only one who can satisfy them is God, and God's not in there. So they go through their life, I say it a lot, like Mick Jagger, I can't get no what? Satisfaction. Why? Because there's nobody in there. Their soul is empty. I always love asking people, how is it with your soul? Is it well with your soul? Not your body, not your paycheck, not your status, not your accessories. Is it well deep within? Is it well with your soul, your heart, and your spirit? Because that's where true happiness is sustained. That's where joy is sustained. But the culture around us teaches us, and if we're not careful, we catch the disease. They teach us that rarely do they pay attention to the inside because they're preoccupied with the outside. Because they believe that if they can just impress people with their outer pot, if people will just be impressed with their outer pot, they will feel better on the inside the pot. And so they spend their lives trying to get recognition, trying to gain status. But child of God, here's what I love. You and I don't have to do that. We don't have to swim upstream trying to prove, trying to impress. Why? Because yes, you and I are a jar of clay. We are. We're jars of clay. But every one of us who is a child of God has great treasure inside of us. And here's what I love. Whatever this treasure is, we're going to talk about it. Whatever this treasure is, it's not only worth living for. We're going to talk about this a lot next week. It's worth dying for. Whatever this treasure is, it is so amazing. That it's not just worth living for. It's worth dying for. You say, what is, what is, what is that treasure? Well, let's go over to the book of Revelation. Because here's what we find. Back to verse 9. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been what? 
that's laid, whatever this treasure is that we're going to talk about, it is not only worth living for, it's worth being slain over. It's worth dying for. And what is the treasure that is worth dying for? Here it is. They were slain because of the the word of God and the what? The testimony that they had maintained. Now, everybody heads up. Because there are at least two treasures in this, in this passage. You and I are just, we're just jars of clay. But we have two treasures inside of us that make us valuable and valued by God himself. You say, what are they? Write them down as one and two and three. One, you contain the Word of God. You contain the Word of God. Listen to the passage again. When he'd opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain. Because of the Word of God, they had what? They had what? Maintained. Maintained. That is the Word of God that was literally in them that they held. In other words, folks, just like the jars of the Dead Sea held those scrolls of the Word of God inside them. Just like that, you and I hold inside of us the treasure of the Word of God. In fact, listen to what 2 Corinthians 3 says. It says, and you show that you are a what? You're a letter from Christ, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the what? The human heart. Folks, could God have put it any more affectionately? God is saying his word is like a letter that has been mailed to you, and it's as fresh and as new as if God had put it in your mailbox this morning. But God didn't put it in your mailbox God put it in your heart. He put his word in your heart. That's why the Bible says, thy word have I hidden where? In my heart. Why in the heart? It's in the heart because it's a treasure because it's in your heart that God can whisper through his word, I love you. It's a treasure because it's in your heart and it's it's in your heart that God whispers through this document, you are valuable. And God says he values you. And it's, and it's through his word that with this that God fills your heart with his compassion, with his mercy, with his love, with his plan. He just fills your heart. And you know what happens? As God fills you and whispers to you that he loves you and cares about you and has a plan for you, that gives you satisfaction that the rest of the world just cannot find. That's why the psalmist said this, satisfy us in the morning with your what? Your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. That's why it's such a treasure. God has put his word in your heart. And you know what I find, folks? I find that when I, when I focus on the inside of my pot, 
and I fill my pot every day with God's love and God's mercy and God's compassion, and I think of God's plan that he has for me. As I fill up the inside of my pot, you know what I find? I perform better on the, with the outside of my pot. I am more driven. I am more focused. I'm more satisfied. I'm not worried about trying to matter. I just go through, through the day and do what I'm called to do. Because <laughs> I'm not looking for everybody to, to approve me. I already got approved that morning and satisfied by God. And now I can just freely go. And I will always perform better when I do that. I just execute better when I'm satisfied <laughs> on the inside. Secondly, you contain the testimony. You contain the testimony. When he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the what? And the what? The testimony that they held. Everybody stop right there because the word testimony there, common word of the Greek, marcheria, and it, it literally just means the, uh, the, a personal witness for God. Just straight out of the lexicon, personal witness for God. But folks, when you flesh this word out, it's not just your personal witness for God. It is also your personal story with God. In other words, every believer in here has a God story, don't we? I love to hear people tell me their story. None of them are boring. <laughs> Not a one. We all have a God story. And it's a treasure for every one of us. Our story's a treasure. I was thinking back on my, my story this week. And every chapter of it is a treasure. Some of the chapters of my story are filled with joy, others are filled with grief. Some of the chapters in my story are filled with excitement, other of the chapters are filled with heartache. But every part of the story is amazing. Every chapter of my story is a page turner because listen, I not only contain the word of God, listen to this, this is what I love, you too, I also contain the presence of God. I contain God's word and I contain God. So does every believer. You contain his Holy Spirit. That means God is doing the story with me. That means from the day that I was born in York, South Carolina to an abandoned mother, to the day that I met Christ as my Savior when two men came and knocked on my door and shared the gospel with me, to the day that I knelt down in my apartment with my mother, not with her, but she was there, and accepted the call into the ministry, to the day that God led me to the love of my life, Rhonda, to the day that we lost everything we had financially. We lost our house, we lost our savings in one fell swoop, to the day that God called me to Miami to become your pastor. Thank you. To, to, the day, to the day that my heart stopped beating. To the day that cancer came knocking. Listen, every step of the way, God has been with me. And the same is true with you. This is our testimony. 
this is my story. I love that song. Would you sing it with me? Because if I sing it by myself, you're going to run. It goes like this. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Sing it like you mean it. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Sing it like you mean it. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. That's our story. Every one of us has a testimony. Every one of us has the story of God inside of us. By the way, back to the Dead Sea jars. Before the jars, before the Word of God came, the Word of God, the, the, the jars, <laughs> the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea scrolls, they were just ordinary jars. They were valueless, they had no worth. But once the word of God was placed inside of them, these worthless jars became a treasure in and of themselves. And they sit in that shrine in Israel, right with the scrolls. Why? Because they are now a treasure. Not in and of themselves, they're, they're worth about a buck fifty, just like the Home Depot. But they became important because of what was placed inside of them. They're a they too are a national treasure. I remember when we were there, I was telling the people, those jars are important. Those are the jars that the scrolls were found in. They're not ornaments. That's the jars they were found in. They become valuable and valued because of the treasure that was in them. What an image of you and me. Listen, stop it. Stop. We laugh at this, but stop with this. Stop it. You don't have to do that. You are a treasure, not because of what somebody else says about you, but because of what the King of kings and the Lord of lords says about you. You are a treasure because you hold within you the word of God in your heart. You're a treasure because you hold within you the presence of God. And you're a treasure also because you hold within you a testimony. You have a story that is worth telling the word of God is inside of every one of us. And listen, the ultimate chapter will come when you stand before God in the new earth and you're given a brand new clay jar, <laughs> a new body that will never die. And God puts you on display in heaven like one of the jars and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You contained my word. You contained my presence. And you contained a story. You are valuable. You ever, you ever get around people and when you get around them, you meet them, you know one of you is better than the other. 
and it's not you? Am I alone in this? Can I get an amen? Can I, can I tell you something? I, I love pastors, but pastors can be the worst at this. It's one of the reasons why people ask me, why don't you go to conferences? I, I just don't like that. I always feel like there's this agenda to prove that this pastor's better than me, and I, I always want to say, you win. You're better than me. You are magnificent. You are crazy cool, and you are, you are it, man. And I, I'm a clay pot. I'm not cool. I'm not slick. I'm not impressive. I mean, But let me tell you something. I'm a treasure. I am a treasure. Because I hold the word of God, because I hold the presence of God, and because I've got a, a story to tell. How many of you remember that old hymn, I Love to Tell the Story? Anybody remember that? If you remember it, would you help me? It goes like this. I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know tis true. It satisfies my longings as nothing else can do. I love to tell the story Twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus, his love. Hey, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's next week's message. We're going to talk about telling the story next week. I want to give you one more thing. Write this down as number three. You contain eternal life. You contain eternal life. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have what? Eternal life. I love it because not only do you contain the word of God, not only do you contain the presence of God, and not only do you contain this magnificent story, but you contain eternal life. You've got to understand, you don't get eternal life after you die. You have it in you right now. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You already have it in you. Your body will die, but your soul will live forever, and one day God will raise your spirit to be with him. You contain everlasting life. Do you see why you are such a treasure? Do you see why we need to stop with this? I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. If you drive a Mercedes, God bless you. Enjoy it. I, want, I don't want everybody to go out and go, oh, God, let me get my sticker off my car. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy that. I, I hope if God has blessed you, enjoy it. Have fun with it. If God has given you a nice purse or a nice chain, wear it and enjoy it. If you like hats, wear them and enjoy it. If you've got a beautiful wife, handsome husband, enjoy that. But don't make that the source of your happiness. Don't make that the source of your value. Your value comes from the treasure that you are.
Maybe you're here today and you're not a believer. Maybe you've never received Christ as your Savior. And you'd say, Rick, I don't have any of that. I don't have, I don't have the Word of God in me. I don't have the presence of God in me. I don't have the story that you talked about. I don't have eternal life. But perhaps at the same time, maybe there's something in you that you're wishing you did have that. As you've listened to all of this, you're thinking, I wish I was living that story. I wish I had that. Listen, I've got good news for you. God wants to make you a part of his story. He wants you to go with him on the journey. You say, what do I have to do? to be a part of God's story, to receive eternal life. The Bible makes it so simple. It's not simplistic, but it's very uncluttered. The Bible says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Will be saved. What do you need to do to receive eternal life? Call on the name of the Lord. Why don't you do that at all of our campuses, right there where you're seated? If you've never trusted Christ as Savior, why don't you call on Him quietly in your heart? And ask him to give you eternal life. He'll do that right where you're seated. In fact, let's have every head bowed, every eye closed at all of our campuses. You might be saying, Rick, I don't know what to say to God. Well, listen, let me help you. Let me lead you in a prayer to call on the Lord. You you pray this prayer not to me. You pray it to God. This is not a poem. It's not a memorized prayer. So you pray it from your heart. Dear Heavenly Father, I realize today I'm just, a, I'm just a jar of clay. I have no value in and of myself. My jar is dying, slowly fading. But Lord, I know that You want to fill me with lasting value. You want to fill me with your word. You want to fill me with your presence. And you want to fill me with eternal life. And so right now I open the door to my heart, to my soul, to that private inner world inside the pot. And I ask you to fill me with your presence. And I ask you to give me everlasting life. Father, thank you for giving me value. I'm now yours. I'm your treasure. I belong to you. Thank you for giving me eternal life. May I from this day forward spend the rest of my days not so focused on the outer pot, but on the inner pot. May I walk with you. May I obey you. May I love you. And may I experience your love for me. In your name I pray. Amen. Christ Fellowship, if you're glad for all of those at all of our campuses who just prayed that prayer, would you let them know it? Yes. Listen, if you just received Christ as your Savior, you are now a container of great treasure. 
And we want to help you get started on the journey, on your story. So at all of our campuses, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stop by our Next Step booth. There's one at every campus, big words, Next Step. This is to help you take that next step. You took the first step and received Christ as Savior today. But there's other steps to take as you follow Him. So if you'll go by there and just say, hey, I prayed to receive Christ today, they'll know what you're talking about. And they'll give you some materials that'll help you as you start your new journey. Well, I'm going to ask all of our campus pastors to come forward now at all of our campuses. I love you, Christ Fellowship. Great treasure you are. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless you. I love you all. If you'd like to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know by filling out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect. We want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.